want us to consider this morning on faith that ministers. Faith that does something for other people. Faith that ministers. We have been uh, talking last Sunday, for instance, we talked about faith as a shield, as uh, on fighting the good fight of faith and how we protect, uh, defend and advance with the shield of faith. We've been talking about how to believe God for ourselves and exercise faith in God for ourselves, our own needs and seeing God work in our lives. But this morning we are just changing dimension a little bit, looking at another aspect of faith and talking about faith that ministers to people. To begin with, let's go to the epistle of Jude. If you go with me to Jude, there's only one chapter, Jude chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And Jude writes this, he says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So Jude comes with this burden. And he says, brethren, I want to just remind you to contend for the faith. The original faith. I want you to contend for it. Fight for that faith. To preserve and protect that faith. Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. God has delivered this faith. I want you to contend for it. Preserve it. Don't lose it. Don't give up on it. Contend for that faith. And he says this faith is a faith that calls us to a life of holiness. Because there are people who have come in and they are bringing in all kinds of immoral things. You got to contend for that original faith. And he continues in verse 5 and he says, But it is also a faith that calls us to believe God for the supernatural. Because he says, you know, the people of Israel, God brought them out of Egypt. But those that did not believe, they weren't able to enter in the promised land. Contend for that faith. And what I want to challenge us this morning, saints, is this. That the faith that has been delivered to us is a faith that demonstrates the miraculous power of God. Amen? It's not an intellectual faith. It's not a faith that is substantiated so much by reason and logic. Rather, it's a faith that is so simple and that demonstrates the power of God. You look in the Bible and read the Gospels and go through the book of Acts. What was the faith that was originally delivered to the saints? It was not a faith of great intellectualism. It was not a faith of great reason and logic. But it was a faith that healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead and cast out devils. And Judas saying, I want you to contend for that kind of faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. That's the faith I want you to contend for. Amen? Now, if we will go into the, the episode to, to the Galatians, let's talk a little bit about faith that ministers the supernatural. Galatians chapter 3, we'll look at verses 2 and verse 5. Paul writes, he says, you know, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law 
or by the hearing of faith, the Spirit of God coming upon you, moving in you, did that happen because of some works that you did according to laws, or was it just a work of faith? Verse 5, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The movement of the Holy Spirit and the workings of miracles They do not take place because of some laws we follow and some rigid method or or things of that nature. But they're really a work of faith. They happen because people exercise faith and these things take place. He who ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, they do it because of faith. They do it through faith. In Acts, the third chapter, we have this incident of Peter and John walking into the temple one afternoon for prayer. And they're on the way into the temple. They've been doing this many, many days, many times. And there's this lame man who's been lame, I think, for 40 years. And he's never walked since the time he was born. And Peter and John, as they go in, this man puts out his hand asking for money, for alms. And Peter says, you look upon us. So he gets his attention. This man looks at them expecting some money. And Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have. says, what I do have. Peter had something. And I just want to let you know, you have something. Peter said, such as I have. Peter was just a believer like you and me. But he knew what he had. Many of us probably don't know what we have. He said, such as I have, I give you. I can give you what I do have. And the Bible continues. He says, he said to him, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And he leaping up, stood. And this man who had never walked in his life went running into the temple, jumping and leaping and praising God. And the people were so amazed. They came running to this lame man and, and wondering what was happening. And then they turned to Peter and John and suddenly became in so in awe. And Peter stands up and says, hey guys, listen, it's not me. It's not by our power. It's not by our righteousness. This man has been made whole. But here's Peter's answer. And I want us to go to Acts, the third chapter. And look at verse 16. Here's what Peter says. Acts 3, verse 16. He says, His name, such as I have. Peter, what do you have? His name. His name. Through faith in that name. Peter, what do you have? I have his name. And I have? Faith in that name. Peter said, such as I have, I give you. What do you have? His name. Faith in his name. Faith given to us from God. Even this faith is not something we worked up. It was given to us from God. His name, faith in his name, faith given to us from God has made this man perfectly whole. Faith. That ministers to people. Amen. And Peter was just a believer like you and me. You have something. You have his name. And you have faith in that name. And that qualifies you now. To minister into the needs of people. Whether it's healing. A sickness. Miracles. Deliverance. It qualifies you as a believer. You have something. 
His name, through faith in that name, has made this man strong. The mandate to the church is no different. If you go with me to James chapter 5, and all of this is familiar verses, and you probably heard me share these before, but you need to be reminded of these over and over again. It says, is anyone among you sick? Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Peter, what do you have? His name. Is anyone sick among you? Call for these people. Let them bring the name of the Lord. It's nothing magical about the oil. Right? So the oil part, don't get so fixated on it. There's nothing magical. But what must they do? Pray over him in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith. Peter, what do you have? His name. Faith in his name. What must the church do? Bring him the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Will save or heal the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if you have committed any sins, it will be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So the mandate to the church is still the same. Use the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith in the name of the Lord to minister to those who are sick. Is anyone sick? Don't say, oh Lord, take him home. Didn't say that. Didn't even say, oh Lord, if it be thy will, heal him. Doesn't say that. See, all of this is our unscriptural theology. What it does say is, if there's anybody sick, you've got to come with two things. You've got to come with the name of the Lord and faith to pray in that name. It's all. Pray for him in the name of the Lord and the Lord will raise him up and the Lord will heal the sick person. Amen. We all know the scripture, Romans, the third chapter, the 23rd verse. And we all know it from the negative side, which says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we use it from the negative, which means that, you know, all of us have sinned. We fall short of the glory of God. But look at it this way. It means this, that God's original intent is for all of us to live in the glory But it is sin that has kept us out of it. But Jesus Christ came to be the answer to the problem of sin. Which means that now as believers, you and I are entitled to live in the glory. Not fall short of the glory. Are you with me? God's original intent for every believer, for every man, was to live in the glory. Sin became the problem. All of us have sinned and therefore we fall short of God's original intent for man, which is to live in the glory of God. But thank God for Jesus. His cross dealt with the sin problem. So what does God want for you and me is to live in the glory. What is the glory? The Greek is the word doxa, which simply means it's the manifested presence of God, which shows to us who God is and what he does. And we are supposed to be living in that glory. Always carrying the presence of God which reveals to people this is who God is and this is who, this is what he does. Amen? You're supposed to be living in that. Jesus said, the glory the Father has given me, I have given them. So he's already made provision for us to live in that glory. The glory of God. 
standing before the tomb of Lazarus. And, you know, Lazarus had been dead for four days now. And Jesus had arrived late. His flight was canceled. The radar system was down. Just got there four days late. And Mary and Martha are so disturbed. And Jesus himself was moved with compassion. He cried. He wept. And he was groaning inside of him. And finally he comes before the tomb of Lazarus. And he tells the people, move the stone. That's a bold thing to say. Move the stone. Mary responds and says, Lord, he's been dead four days. And he's going to be stinking now. Jesus turns around to Mary in John chapter 11 and verse 40. And he says, Mary, didn't I tell you? That if you will believe, then you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Was the glory of God seen that day? Yes. How? Lazarus was raised from the dead. What is the glory? It's a manifestation of the presence of God that reveals to us who God is and what he does. The key to walking in the glory, the key to seeing the glory is simply this. If you will believe, you will see the glory. Amen. Every one of us have been called to walk in that glory, to carry the glory presence of God, manifesting, revealing who God is and what he does. At the wedding of Cana in John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 Jesus doing his first miracle. He was at the wedding. They ran out of wine. And uh, Mary comes to Jesus and says, you know, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, so what? You know, what have I to do with it? And, um, but Mary says, you know, okay, whatever he says, you do. So people are waiting. And suddenly Jesus receives the word from the Father. It's time to do it. So he tells the people, fill the water pots with water. And they fill the water pots with water. And then he says, bear it out and give it to the garment of the feast. And they draw it out and give it to the garment. And it's, it's wine. See, God can turn one form of matter to another. Amen? He turns water to wine. He can turn metal parts in your body to bone and flesh. He's doing it. It's nothing for him to turn one form of matter to another. It's nothing for him to turn absence of matter into matter. He can do it. That's God. But here's the verse in verse 11. It says, this beginning of miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. Miracles manifest the glory. Sin keeps us out of of the glory of God, living in that glory. But Jesus was the answer to the problem of sin. He has ushered us into that glory, saying, Now you can walk and live in this place where you can manifest the presence of God, who He is and what He does. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord Ahila. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord who gives victory. He is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present. He is Jehovah Sitkin, the Lord who establishes righteousness. This is the God we serve. He says, If you believe, then you can manifest this glory can reveal who God is and what he does. Amen. We're called to exercise our faith, to do that, to show forth the glory of God. What I want to emphasize this morning is that every believer is called to minister the supernatural. Turn with me please to Mark chapter 16. Again, a verse of scripture that we all know, but it's good to just look at it. Mark chapter 16. We're going to read verses 17 through 20. 
Jesus said this in Mark 16, 17 to 20. He said, and these signs, these supernatural things will follow, will accompany those who believe. You're a believer. He's talking about you. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Jesus said, those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick. They will, and the sick will recover. Every believer is supposed to do this. And you might say, Pastor, you know, no, 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 no. I am just a musician. Fine, be a musician. But heal the sick, cast out devils, and work miracles. Because you're a believer. So, Pastor, you know, I'm a believer, but I'm just called to be a school teacher. Fine, be a school teacher. But heal the sick, cast out devils, work miracles. Because you're a believer. So, Pastor, but I'm a businessman. Fine, be a businessman. And... Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast the devils. Whatever you're doing, he said, these signs will follow those who believe. Say, I'm a student. Fine, be a student. Heal the sick, cast the devils, work miracles, manifest the glory of God. Amen? So I'm a homemaker, I cook. Fine, be a homemaker, cook. And heal the sick, cast out devils, work miracles. Manifest the glory of God because you're a believer. Amen? Every believer is called to exercise their faith in the name of the Lord. To manifest the glory of God. And the power of the Holy Spirit is for that given to us for that reason. Jesus said, you know, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days hence in Acts 1.5. What was the purpose? Acts 1.8. You will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. To the ends of the earth. Every believer is entitled to receive this endowment of power to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And Peter is standing up in Acts 2, 38, 39. He said, this promise is for everyone. For as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's for people that God is calling today. So as believers, we are called to minister the supernatural. And God just uses anybody. I want to call Manoj up. Manoj, can you come up? Yeah. Manoj is a good guy. He's just in college and... From time to time, we meet up. So two weeks ago, we just met up. We had lunch together. And uh, whenever we meet, we just talk about the miracles. We talk about what God's doing in our lives and just share all those things. And uh, so Manoj was just sharing with me about a little incident, which I just thought, I said, hey, you know, just share with the whole church. It's going to encourage other people just to go out and, and be bold and allow God to work through them. So Manoj, if you can just share us that incident, that'll be great. This happened like a few months back. Um, like it was a Saturday and... Uh Nothing to do at home, so me and a few of my friends decided, like, why don't we just go share Jesus on the streets? Like, uh, so we decided to come on Brigade Road. Uh, like, you know, we just went on to McDonald's and we just like sat there and like uh, prayed, asking the Lord like for prophetic directions to like where to go and uh, like share whatever He wants to do. And uh, one of my friends really like fell deep in his spirit to like move into Archie's and like really do what the Lord uh, le- led us to do and all that. So we went into Archie's and um, we were like six of them. 
So we went in Archie's and uh, the shopkeeper thought like we had just come to get greetings or whatever. And uh, one of my friends entered and he was like, uh, is there anybody sick? We want to pray for all the sick people here. Now. There were like quite a few people and uh, everybody, like nobody responded. <laughs> everybody like looked at us like quite wearily. And uh, okay, uh, the second time he again said, uh, we have come to pray for you. Is anybody who's sick? Can you just step in? We just want to pray for you. And uh, you have this one girl, this young girl who worked in Archie. She, uh, she stepped in and she said, uh, I'm partially deaf. I just want you to pray for me because uh, I used to hear, but something happened. Uh, I, my ear was infected. I, you know, my ears are partially deaf. And so when uh, another, uh, when this lady sp- uh, spoke to us about her, her, deaf, her deafness, there was another lady, uh, you know, who hesitated in the beginning to step in. But when she heard that, okay, like there was a similar situation, she was partially deaf too. And okay, uh, we began to pray for the <clears throat> lady number one. So like we began to pray for her, like, you know, like really like pray like with full intense, with full faith and all that. We said, uh, we asked uh, at the end, like, can you share now? She said, no, I don't, like, I, I cannot share. It's still the same. We said, okay, we'll get back to you. So we prayed for the second lady. As we were praying for the second lady, as we finished praying for the second lady, this first lady, she, she said, hey, I can hear. I was like, okay. We were like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, my ear just popped open. I can hear. And we were like, whoa. And as soon as this first lady finished testifying what Jesus had done, the second lady said, I can hear too. And this created a, a, a different, totally a different atmosphere. Okay. Uh, this created like, like a totally atmo- uh, different atmosphere, like uh, in our cheese, and a lot of people like came around, and it was totally something else. And uh, we ministered to a lot of people, like prophesied over them, and like did like all kind of stuff. And uh, there was this one young girl who was watching all this. You now she was tight. This one young girl who was watching all this. At the end, uh, she stepped in and she said, "I just don't understand what you guys up to, but I know it's good. So can you just pray for me?" Uh, she was not a Christian at all. And uh, we said, okay, no problem. Uh, let me just take a few moments here just to talk a little bit about the importance of the supernatural. You know, the moment we start talking about miracles and everything, uh, uh, you know, then t- we just, you know, we, we tend to tune out. We say, you know, well, you know, don't get too far out on that. It's, you know, miracles are okay. Uh, the supernatural is okay. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, don't push the limits on it. But really, we must understand the importance of the supernatural. That is so much part of our faith. It's what we must contend for, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. I mean, Peter never graduated from a Bible college. He never had a theology degree. But God used him. And all the the early church, many of them were uneducated and uh, uh, men and women. And uh, the only qualification was they had been around Jesus. And they had this faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Amen? Now, we could spend hours talking about why the supernatural is important, but let me just give you two quick things. First of all, it's simply this. You know, we serve a God of miracles. Just period. We serve a God of miracles. And many of us, you know, we say, I am the temple of God. I think we are more like the prison of God. We imprison God. We jail God. Listen, God's in you, and he's trying to escape. He's trying to get out. Saying, please allow me outside. No, we imprison him. We jail him on the inside. We're so proud, you know. I have jailed God in me. Sorry. 
just allow God to be free. He's God and he's the God of miracles. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, uh, he is Lord and he does whatever he pleases. So somebody say, you know, where is that gold stuff falling down? Where is that in the Bible? It's right there. Psalm 115 verse 3. He is the Lord and he does what he pleases. You say, but I don't see that in the Bible. You just saw it. He does what he pleases. So just don't lock God inside you. Don't jail him. Don't imprison him. You're the temple of God for a reason. Why? The temple carries the glory. Manifests the glory. We serve a God of miracles. We serve an awesome God. We serve a God who's, uh, who's powerful. And he wants to put himself on display. He wants to manifest himself through us. We are his hands, his feet, his eyes, his voice to the earth. So I love God to be God in you and through you. A second major reason, and as I said, we can talk hours on this, but I want to touch upon the second point here, is the place that Jesus gave to miracles in his ministry. You know, Jesus Christ, you've heard me say this very often, and this is a statement from Pastor Bill Johnson uh, of Redding, California. He makes a statement, he says, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Anything you think you know about God that you cannot find in the person of Jesus Christ, and you have reason to question. Jesus healed all who came to him. He never looked at a storm and said, this is the father's storm, let's receive it. He stood up to the storm and he calmed the storm. When he faced the need, he met the needs. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. You say, but what about Job? Well, are you Job's disciple or are you Jesus' disciple? Job is the question, Jesus is the answer. Whose disciple are you? You say, but why did Job... Anything you do not understand about Job, if you can find the answer in Jesus, follow Jesus. There are many questions in the Bible that we don't have answers for. But everything is answered in the person of Christ. He is perfect theology. I will not allow my questions of other characters in the Bible keep me from believing who Christ is. Who is greater to you, Job or Jesus? Jesus healed everyone who came to him. He is the perfect, complete expression of the father not job amen and what did jesus do what did he say about the miracles let's look at a couple of scriptures here in john chapter 5 in john chapter 5 verses 31 onwards jesus said if i bear witness of myself my witness is not true there is another who bears witness of me and i know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true you have sent to john and he has borne witness to the truth Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He, that is John, was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's. Let's pause there for a moment. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, you know, John has been a great witness to me. John is the greatest of Old Testament prophets. He was sent for this very purpose. To point people to Jesus. He was the forerunner of Jesus. Jesus called him the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And uh, John the Baptist's only mission in life was to point to Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But you know what Jesus says? He says, I have a greater witness than John. The greatest of the Old Testament prophets. I have a witness that is more powerful than John's witness. What was it, Jesus? Was it? You know, some angel coming. Was it angel Gabriel? What was that witness that is more powerful than John's witness? He continues in verse 36. He says, 
the works which the Father has sent me to do, the works which I do, they bear witness of me. What is more important than John's testimony? He said, the works that I do, they are more important. You know, John the Baptist, kind of funny, he's like us many times. John the Baptist was the one who pointed to Jesus and said, this is the Lamb of God. Sometime later, he was caught and put in prison. Now he's a little confused. He says, did I point to the right person? So in Matthew chapter 11, he gets some of his disciples and says, you know, guys, I'm stuck in prison. I'm a little confused. Did I point to the right person? Can he go to Jesus and ask him, are you the Messiah or do we look for another? John is confused. So the disciples of John come to Jesus and say, you know, our boss, John, is a little confused. Uh, he, he did say that you are the Lamb of God, but he just needs a little clarification. Are you really the Messiah or are we supposed to look for somebody else? Matthew 11 verse 5, Jesus responds, go and tell John what you see and what you hear. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. Saying, go and tell John, you know, all this is happening. Be at peace. You've got the right person. I have a greater witness than John. What is it? The works that I do in my father's name. How important are miracles? He said, it's so important. It's more important than the greatest testimony, than the testimony from the greatest Old Testament prophets. Look at John chapter 10. The Jews are kind of confused. This is verse 25 of John 10. Verse 24, the Jews surround him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. I mean, Jesus, if you're the Messiah, please just tell us yes or no. We're kind of confused here. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Skip down to verse 37. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in you. That's powerful because Jesus is saying, he's saying in verse 37, if I don't do the works, just don't believe me. But if I'm doing the works, even if you don't believe what I'm saying, you've got to believe because of the things you're seeing, the miracles you're seeing. How important were miracles to Jesus? More important than all his preaching. And all the things he said. Because he said, if I don't do the miracles, then don't believe what I say. You know, if we put out a sign on our church doors, if there are no miracles here, don't come back. Our churches would probably be empty. But that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you know, if you don't see any miracles, don't come back. Don't listen to what I'm saying. If I do not do the works of my Father, don't believe me. But then, if I do, even if you don't listen to anything I say, you've still got to believe because of the miracles. How important were miracles to Jesus? Everything. More important than the testimony of John, more important than his preaching. And understand that Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Now, some of us will say, you know, I just want to be a normal Christian. I don't want anything of the spiritual stuff. I just want to be a normal Christian. Jesus Christ is the most normal Christian you would ever find. Amen. Jesus Christ is the most normal Christian you'd ever find. So 
I just want to live a normal Christian life. The Bible says, if you abide in him, then you must walk as he walked. 1 John 2 and verse 6. That is the normal Christian life. To walk as Christ walked. So our definition of the normal Christian life is so warped. It's so inundated with our unbelief. It's time to say, Jesus Christ is the normal Christian life. I must follow him. And if he said the works of the Father are more important than the testimony of man, then we've got to follow the same thing. Everything we do, I want to emphasize this. You know, everything we do as a church, all the stuff that we do as music and media and drama and organization and all of that stuff, they're only tools. They are not the focus. When people talk about all people's church, I don't want them to say, in all people's church has great music. Now you go down the pubs, they probably have better music. Maybe. <laughs> and people talk about all people say, I don't, want to, I don't want them to say, you know, wow, they've got great, they get great lectures every Sunday morning. I mean, you can go any place and hear great speeches. We should not be known for the tools we use. We should be known for being a people who manifest the glory of God. Anybody can, even the unsaved world can use these tools. They probably do it better than us. We should be known as a people who manifest the presence of God. Let me just give you a few practical things and then we close. You know, I want to encourage you to have faith that ministers to people. How do you do it? Number one is just step out in simple faith. When you see a need, just say, can I just pray? doesn't matter what kind of need it is. Maybe in your school, in your college, in your place of work, in your neighborhood. Just, can I just pray? That's all. You don't have to be very sophisticated. Can I just pray? Somebody says, you know, I've got a difficult situation. I'll just pray. Such as I have. What do you have? His name. Faith in His name is what you have. Such as I have, I'll give you. His name. Faith in His name. So just step in in simple faith. Don't try to be complicated. Don't try to just make things difficult. Just have simple faith. Relax. Minister in simplicity. And number two is don't be afraid of failure. There's no one in this world, no believer in this world who's, who's got 100% success. Say, so what happens if I pray and, and, and nothing happens? What if I pray and they die? You know? I'm sure we've all been through it. But remember the first time you rode your bike and you fell? You didn't say it is not God's will for me to ride the bike. You just got up and tried again. And you probably fell a few more times. So you didn't say, now it's certainly the will of God for, for me not to ride the bike. No. You kept trying until you were able to ride. Do accidents happen on the roads? Yes. But we don't stop driving. Do planes crash? Yes. But you don't stop flying. So don't let failure keep you or discourage you. We're all learning. We're all learning to manifest the glory of God. And we don't know all the reasons why things don't happen. But we know the truth. The truth is these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick. And they'll recover. And until we see that truth happening on a consistent basis, we keep pressing in, pressing in, pressing past discouragements.
So when you have doubts in your mind, what if nothing happens? Just ask yourself the question, what if something does? What if that person does get healed? What if that miracle does happen? It can be life-changing. It can be transforming, maybe for an entire home, an entire family. So step out in simple faith and don't let failure hold you back from experiencing the truth. Amen? Now this past week, last week, Monday, we visited Pastor Jay Kumar and just to spend some time with friends there. And, and we got to meet this lady, Mrs. Uh, Maliga. Some of you know her. I met her many years ago, but very briefly, so never really got to know her. But this time she was there, and as soon as we sat down, she just started sharing her testimony. And she only speaks Tamil, and I'm 50% Tamil. And she was going like an express train. So every time I'd press the pause button, and I'd say, you know, Jacob, can you just interpret what she's saying? So anyway, but it was so amazing listening to her testimony. She's from a a little place, Karur in Tamil Nadu, and... and, uh, in the early time of her life, she was involved in the, all the rituals. Every year, she used to go through the ritual of walking through the fire. And, and she was all into, you know, just into that whole experience of being uh, in that. And she walked so many times in the fire every year and all of that. And then until she encountered Jesus, her life changed. And, uh, and she just knows this. You get into the green bus, it will take you to the village. So you can't read numbers, nothing. But that day, as she was going, she heard the voice saying, get into an orange bus. And she said, what voice is that? It's the voice of the Lord. Get in the orange bus. She got into the orange bus, sat down. And uh, the conductor came later and said, where do you want to go? And she said, the name of the place, she started scolding her. She said, this is the wrong bus, whatever, get down, the next stop. She was about to get down. She again heard the voice saying, don't get down. So she went and sat back. And Anyways, she got off at some place. And as soon as she got on, she heard the voice saying, go to the church. And she didn't know anything about a church. Stood there. And a man comes up to her and says, do you need to go to a church? And she said, yes. And he says, come, I'll take you. So she, the man takes her to the church. It's probably an angel of God looking like a man taking her to the church. She comes to the church and there was a mother carrying a dead child coming to the church. And she just put two things together. You know, God told me to get in the orange bus to come to this church. And here's this woman carrying a dead child. She prays for the child and the child comes back to life. And, and it's just amazing. And, and it just goes on, story after story, testimony after testimony of the prophetic. And, 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 and for me, the most amazing thing is that she is illiterate. She has never read her Bible. Forget the Hebrew and the Greek. <laughs> she's never read the Bible. She's illiterate. Now she's traveling all across the country. She only speaks Tamil, preaching. She's got audiences with chief ministers and everything. An amazing testimony. Amazing. God is doing such things in our world today. Amen. So why not little old you and little old me? I think our biggest problem is between our ears. Our biggest problem is between our ears. All the stuff that we need to unlearn, put aside so that God can use us in faith that can minister to people. Amen. Now we desire to become a church where every believer is a minister of God, ministering the truth in the power of God. That's what we want to become. That's our DNA. That's our call. That's our identity. Everything else we do is secondary. A church that ministers the truth in the power of God.
Let's keep pressing in. Let's keep pushing in. Just ordinary simple people. Exercising faith in that name to minister to the needs of people. Amen. Father, we know that people have come here to this house to experience God and not just listen to a good sermon. We want to encounter God. We want to see the glory that we're supposed to be walking in. We want to experience the presence of God, who God is and what He does, Lord. We didn't come to just attend church. We came to encounter You. So Father, this morning is as prayer is being made and as people are exercising faith in that name, His name through faith in that name. Let miracles flow. Let healings flow in this place. Let the river of your healing just begin to flow right now. Let the river of your miracles begin to flow right now, Lord. Let people be healed of all kinds of sicknesses, diseases, infirmities in this place because there is that name and we have faith in that name. Lord, we thank you that you heal knee problems right now in Jesus' name. That you heal back problems, back conditions, Lord. You heal arthritic conditions in the name of Jesus. That spirits of infirmity will leave now in Jesus' name. Muscles that have not been formed yet in Jesus' name receive healing. Lord, we just extend our faith to believe you, Lord, for all kinds of miracles, all kinds of healings in this place. People who've got problems in their digestive area, in their digestive system, receive your healing now in Jesus' name. Lord, we just command growths and tumors and cysts to dematerialize and disappear in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, release healing. People, if there's anyone here who's got a growth somewhere in your throat area, I command that growth to disappear in Jesus' name. Just check now. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. Lord, we give you thanks, Father. Receive your healing. Skin conditions. Lord, let new skin be formed. Let that infirmity leave in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we release faith even as we pray, God. We give you thanks, Father God. We bless you. And Lord, we pray for circumstantial miracles where situations and circumstances are so changed that it can only be a work of God, not the work of any man. We give you thanks, Father. We bless you. We honor you. We honor you. Now, if you can go ahead and validate your miracle, just go ahead and validate You're the God who does amazing things. Even as we go, May we continue to experience the miracle-working power of God in our lives and through our lives. We might manifest your glory everywhere we go. We give you thanks, Lord. And may we be known to be a people who manifest the glory of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace. Everyone say, Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.